It's Magnum Podcast. I'm Jason Snell, and with me, as always, are my good buddies, helicopter pilot David J. Lore, and uh, weird social club manager. I mean, he's not weird. The club is weird. Philip Michaels. Hi, guys. Uh, come on, baby. Shake your body. Do the conga. Oh. Mm. Rhythm is going to get you. Oh, it that is. Rhythm. Oh, All she wants to you. do is dance. It is. We yes. watched. And expertly oh. saved, by the way, with that introduction of me. I didn't notice it at all. No, no. <laughs> I, I don't mean you're weird. I just meant that. No, the, I get the, it. The, I get the it. Man <laughs> Club is. It, it is weird, yeah, right? It's it is weird. a weird club. It's it's a it's it, a popular social club that presumably you have to spend money on, and it does have a beachside something, but it also has these strange. AstroTurf, yeah, lounge. so fancy on the outside, so weird and skanky on the inside. With the, uh, yeah, the, yeah, we pay good money to be in this garbage place that probably smells like garbage. Um, well, it it could just be the place that that Rick lets Magnum hang out after a couple of seasons because the first couple of seasons you never see it. Yeah, and then it's then it's all the white picket yeah. lattice fence, is, whatever. I, I get, I guess it is the back room. So weird. Uh, but that's a mentioned in an episode we did not watch this week. We watched. Season eight. Oh dear. Ep- <laughs> in episode two, Pleasure Principle. Now, we've done very little uh, season eight. Because it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> well, and there is so very little season eight, too. Right. It's only it's half a season because it- this was the Tom Selleck wanted to be a guy and give the crew time to, to find to new say, jobs to, and say their goodbyes and not just end it abruptly. And um, that they uh, forgot to tell the writers that there was going to be a season eight. And... So, but still, so, even by percentage yeah. of episodes, this is the one we've covered the least. We did do uh, the Limbo follow-on Infinity and Jelly Donuts. This follows that immediately and is referenced in the in the text in a very advanced way where they actually wanted the viewers to remember last week. And we watched Tiger's Fan, which is the one where Tanaka is murdered. Yay! And Legend <laughs> of the Lost Art, the one that makes fun of the fact that Tom Selleck didn't get to be Indiana Jones. And now, Pleasure Principle, which... um, It's an homage to Freaky Friday, it, Magnum style. It, 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 yeah. it, uh, <laughs> it answers the question, if we license a song once, can we play it five times? Ooh. And because. the answer to that question is yes. Yes, you can. Now, I will say they got their money's worth because they didn't do the Glenn Larson thing. Of doing a cover band. Oh, that no. is actually the Gl- real song. Gloria Estefan and the Miami sh- Sound Machine doing conga in a wacky plot that feels like it is Freaky Friday and yet refuses to commit to it being <laughs> Freaky Friday. So I, I think there's a place to do a Freaky Friday episode. And I, I would have actually... Um, Thinking back on all the episodes we covered, the episode 40, where Magnum turns 40 or, or not, depending on your understanding of timelines, <laughs> uh-huh. um, rather than have him creepily stalk a, uh, a woman, they could have just instead have him have a, mi- a midlife crisis where he starts to act like, 
like Higgins, and maybe yeah. Higgins at the end of his life begins to to act like Magnum. And there, you can do a wacky kind uh-huh. of uh, role reversal thing where, oh no, Magnum, we've peed in the same fountain, and now we've we've switched. <laughs> but I- instead, they're tying it to post-traumatic stress of, oh, our friend nearly <laughs> died. Let's do something wacky where we pretend to be each other. It's it's kind of like the Looney Tunes uh, short Bugs Bonnets, but Magnum style. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, it is, <laughs> I, I agree. So when I say that this episode is not um, fully committing to the bit, it's because I, I agree there is a way to do something that's not a, not actually literally Freaky Friday, but yeah, like right. I think the right way you do it is you put your characters in a situation where they are forced to behave a certain way or, they, or they're led into a certain situation, and you get that moment when you realize, oh, Magnum is, like, is being like Higgins in this situation, and Higgins is being like Magnum, and TC is being like Rick, and... Rick is being like TC and oh isn't that funny they have to walk a little a little bit in the other one's shoes or whatever we we have expectations for these characters but this episode i know that i i mean at one point in my notes i just wrote down this is a zany episode about ptsd ha 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 uh-huh. yes <laughs> um but i mean i like i, I higgins the, yeah. the problem i have with it is higgins's behavior and Magnum's behavior is really nonsensical unless yes. they unless somebody unearthed a tiki idol somewhere. <laughs> right. And we miss that scene because they're not there is if you're wait, watching this episode wondering for a final resolution about why Magnum is suddenly Higgins and speaking with Higgins accent. And that was Higgins, the strangest thing of all. It's so I realized weird. he really it was, can't. Yeah. It was it was I'm it sorry, was, he can't. 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 It was, he it, demands an explanation. It would have been a better thing if um, if Tom Selleck started doing that, and then did the what, what, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? But um, well, but instead I, he just starts doing it, and yeah, okay, Magnum Magnum talks funny now. Okay, so I get Higgins it. that happens after you get shot. Apparently, Higgins meets a a lady mm-hmm. um, who is his psychiatrist. Is that right? That we learned that well, at the end of the episode, yes. Eventually, that, that, that. and that and that this is this is the so the reasoning here is that she is encouraging him to go out of his comfort zone, which is why he's mm-hmm. behaving the way he does. It doesn't add up the way he behaves is bananas. Uh, and then Magnum is also seeing a psychiatrist briefly. Uh, yes, and, and, and the psychiatrist reason, that man is not a good psychiatrist. Not a no, good psychiatrist at all. But to be fair, Magnum is still seeing visions of his dead friend Mac. So maybe he should talk to somebody. Um, but the psychiatrist, who's very bad at his job, says, you're terrified of growing up. Your job is stupid. Maybe you should dress like an adult. <laughs> and Magnum throws money at him and says, I'm cured. Bye. And, and I guess that's the reason they behave the way they do. But it, again, it's, it's no, no. Like, I, I like the idea that they, they said, you know what, we're we had this big traumatic experience that ended season seven. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just, we're going to, we're going to at least nod to that yeah. and say, yeah, this was, this was rough on all four of them. Um, and this is really not the way to do it. No, no. Oh, I my mean, God. You, you, you have to, it, 
for a show that is notoriously non-serial. You can't just the next week, well, I nearly died and came back from the dead. Back <laughs> back to solving zany crimes and romancing mysteries. romancing uh, beach babes. You you have to acknowledge it somehow that um yeah, you're not doing okay, Magnum. Yeah. You, you nearly died. Yeah. But yeah, and Jean-Luc, and done... Jean-Luc Picard had a whole episode where he just cried in a vineyard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, but that would have worked here. I, I feel like <laughs> this um, is an hour-long uh, dare to us in the future. <laughs> oh, I see, okay? I see. All, all those times you wanted us to have continuity in the show, well, here you go, yeah. jerk. Suck here's, on this. here's continuity that uh-huh. has nothing to do with his wife. Uh-huh. Are you happy? Are you happy now? Because it is clearly not in their toolkit <laughs> to, to tie one, one no. episode, one week ahead, one week back is all they had to go and they couldn't pull that off no no okay so this episode begins with higgins jogging oh david do you want to do you want to talk more big picture or can we do it as we as we move yeah we can we can go i'm afraid we're going to spend an hour on pleasure principle and please i don't i already wasted an hour on (laughs) pleasure principle uh (laughs) foreshadowing for the end of the episode higgins jogging why is he jogging uh, Magnum celebrating the fact that this is the two weeks of the year where Higgins goes away, and so Magnum doesn't have to deal with Higgins for two weeks. But uh, Higgins is not going to go away. It's a staycation. A replacement will be hired, but then Magnum says, uh, oh, no, 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 I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. And, and immediately Higgins agrees. The post is yours. Magnum spells a trap. Higgins says that you've got to take Agatha out for me because I have to do something on Tuesdays. Uh, and then Magnum looks at the camera and says, he's up to something. So Magnum has not <laughs> lost his power to talk to the camera. No, the camera is still, still, we're still, still watching. The, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Magnum most of America bar, is, is watching the Cosby show at this point, but we're mm-hmm. still watching Magnum PI. Mm-hmm. This, this is when it had shifted to Wednesday nights. I oh, think. had it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Season eight. Yeah. They had, they moved had it to, away had to hide. Cosby. From the Cosby yep. Show. But Mac appears, our ghost Mac. This is not fake Mac. This is ghost Mac, as seen in Infinity and Jelly Donuts and, uh, and the one where Magnum and dies. Limbo. But then Limbo, where the one where Magnum dies and then doesn't die, uh, that Phil has a painting of and that David has a print of. <laughs> Looking uh, at the painting right now. It's, uh-huh. as, as am I. Uh-huh. Well, that boy, we are in the mood here. So uh, Mac's stuffing his face with pastries. He's got a big belly. Uh, he asked him, did you Wanted see the sunrise this morning? Well, what? I have this written down because I know you're not a Monty Python guy, but they're going for this this very oblique thing, whereas he's eating donuts and he keeps, as Magnum keeps walking away from him, he keeps reappearing in front of him with, hey, would you like an yes. eclair? Would you like a cream puff? He's got and every time, and you know, tables and Magnum and tables says, of this stuff. Are, are you, what, Magnum? Never mind. And and yeah, he is kind of inflating the more yes. pastries he eats. It's the Mr. Creosote sketch exactly. from, Mr. Creosote, from yeah. uh, Meaning, Meaning of, of Life. life. And, and as he says, my favorite but, Monty Python Yes, thing indeed. Ever. Oh, it is the worst thing. And the, you know, but, but they, they imply it when Magnum walks away and goes, mm-hmm. did you see the sunrise, Magnum? Boom! And and I, I know it's, again, it's supposed to be like, oh, this is a traumatic thing. Oh, uh, it's traumatic how Mac died. Oh, we immediately smash cut to Magnum in therapy. And yeah. I'm thinking, God, no. But the joke no, is that that's not how to do from it. eating too many pastries. Exactly. And it's uh, like, how do you actually caught cheapen? Up in, caught up in, yeah. Ma- in Magnum's uh, 
uh, web of intrigue. I e- think is exploding the web of Ferrari, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and it's okay. like, how do you cheapen the one great too. moment of uh, of Max backstory? There, I know. Do you, do you oh. think Jay, Jay Hughley, oh. the credited writer on this episode, was actually obliquely doing a Monty Python reference? I think so, because it's just so it's, well, specific. It, and it's really out of place. Yeah. Now, I, I didn't watch the DVD version, but on the Complete Series DVD, Hughley does put uh, a commentary on this episode. So I actually am going to oh, go back and listen to it because I'm curious. Uh, also a Tales of the Gold Monkey Rider, by the way. So Yes. That's yes. my my special tales from Tales of the Gold Monkey. <laughs> uh, and wrote the screenplay we're, for Jason Goes to Hell. So We're we're trading uh personas here. It's oh like you people together. Oh, oh no. no. I, I wonder if, if um was it some inside joke? Jeff Mackey, you're looking kind of chubby after uh-huh. the uh, <laughs> Tales of the Gold Monkey. Maybe a little. Maybe a little. Maybe we make fun of. Maybe we're as bad as the therapist in the very next scene where we say terrible things. So the therapist is terrible, and 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 again, like I said, you're terrified of growing up. Your job is stupid. Which I, I, what's wrong with my job? Like I, it is the premise of the show. So it is kind of funny. The psychiatrist is basically saying to Magnum, "Your job is dumb. Your show is dumb. Why are (laughs) yeah? Why are you? Why are you driving a Ferrari and wearing the short shorts? Grow up." And be a guy who doesn't have a TV show anymore is essentially what the therapist says. You should become an obstetrician in New York and wear sweaters and (laughs) have a bunch of wisecracking kids. Yeah, or have a a family of uh, police officers. You could do that, too. His short shorts are not quite as short in this episode. No, well, season eight, right? He's, I mean, he's getting older. It is, uh, yeah. Well, he turned forty, stalked a lady from a canoe, and then, uh, <laughs> and then you grow old Boy, as if, you do. If I shall I wear my, I shall wear my time. short shorts rolled. <laughs> a literary reference for everybody. Um, Mendelssohn. Mendelssohn is a theme in this episode, so that's fun. <laughs> yes. uh, I find Mendelssohn so loud. Um. Anyway, Rick is is there at the estate. This is not this yet. This is at the concert. Rick is there too. He's on a date because it's Rick Higgins. Uh, was at Rick says was at the grand opening of a nightclub, which Agatha seems to overhear and is upset with, and says that we must go now. So Higgins is lying about where he's going, but Rick has been helping him out, getting him into the cool club. Cut, smash, cut two. Come on, shake your body, baby. Do that conga. Uh, it you, is you know you can't control yourself any longer any longer um it, literally miami sound machine is happening at a at a club um magnum walks in wearing a suit and blinking one eye which, which is a thing the he does office too yes which he does in this episode uh i think to get him to wear glasses I don't know, man. No, it's it's because they, they, they drop it later PTSD. on in the episode. He, he, he was blinded in the one eye after the incident. Ah. Uh, and he hopes his sight will come back. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it does at the end. That's why Max says, I ah, see so you got your eyesight back. It's so weird yeah. that he's he's blinking that eye the whole episode. Yeah. It, no, I literally I literally I thought he I, I thought he was doing a bit and then he, he goes, Oh Higgins, <laughs> I can't see out of my eye. Uh, and that, seem to be something that you would confess to earlier since earlier every aspect of your life is he winking the at us? Ability to see things he's driving for yeah. a fair amount of the episode With one eye uh-huh um 
He is or, wearing or in, in in the multiple medical checkups that happen after yes. one dies and comes yes. back from and the comes dead. Back to life. You would think that the doctor would say, "Can you see out of both eyes?" And he'd go, "No, I, I really can't. Instead, I'm going <laughs> to do this eye twitchy thing, which so, makes me look like I'm I'm Popeye." My my two favorite things about this scene. <laughs> uh, I mean, okay, my three favorite things about the scene. First is Miami Sound Machines, the conga uh, banger. Um, anyway, so we'll just agree. Uh, we'll all just agree on that one, right? I don't want to. Well, I I don't want to make this go on longer, but. It's good that you're. I don't think you can control yourself any longer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. Um, I remember it, and most of the songs from the '80s, you know. But anyway, the two things that I actually really like in this scene: one is uh, I enjoy the fact that at a moment where there's a confrontation on the floor, Magnum does the look over my shoulder as if I'm looking somewhere else, so that somebody can punch me when I turn back around. Thing, it is (laughs) the most cliched bit of stage direction you could possibly have the moment magnum starts turning around i'm like oh yeah i see what's gonna happen here and then yes Mm -hmm. he gets punched and then my other favorite thing about this scene is that proving the theory that honolulu is a very small town tc appears as if magically in the uh, as the site uh, the fight is going on, TC just uh, appears and uh, yes, ma- and, and I, I'm baffled. This whole scene just it, it's baffling. It, well, it's so many times uh, we've talked about TC's magnum sense being tingling, and it's like tingling <laughs> yeah. throughout this. He has episode to come in to he... save Magnum, and and to... and yes, and uh, Higgins is there, dressed as Magnum, dressed as Magnum, <laughs> dancing with a lady to the conga. It's a it's, very strange scene. Uh, also, it, oh yeah, go ahead. I mean, the result of the scene is equally baffling. But yes, and, David, and go ahead. so, so it's it's clear, but it's not at all clear that TC is trailing Magnum through the whole episode. It's yes, not, again, it's not very well laid out. Yes, but la- fine. later, later, it becomes clear that they're all worried about Magnum's yeah. health. And so um, that's why. But he just, I mean, it's not just that he's there in the small town of Honolulu, but it's like he just appears. Like, <laughs> oh, and Dow TC is here, I guess. Um, and but yes, it is the, set up for later. The other thing in this scene, like, and it's it's funny how much of this episode I remembered because I know I have not watched it since the original airing. So we're talking 33 years, long 34 years. Yeah, It's been a while. And 36 years, I, David. Oh, shut up. Yep. Um, and I had forgotten, like, I remember Julia McGinnis was in this uh, because I knew her as an opera singer before that. And I was like, what is she doing in Magnum? And then, of mm. course, she has nothing to do with opera. So that was weird. Yep. I had totally forgotten until I watched the, the cast list, the guest list, that Gregory Sierra was in this. And then by the end of the show, he has like, you know. Three lines. That's Chano from uh, Barney Miller. Chano from Barney Miller. Yeah. He is so recognizable. Mm-hmm. I think they got him just because he he's one of that one of those guys, yeah. right? You see him and you know him. Um, he was the original lieutenant in the Miami Vice yeah. pilot before they hired Edward James Olmos. Yeah. Um, he was in Sanford and Son. He was in, he was he's in, in lots of stuff. And here um, he doesn't have a lot to do. He's sort of menacing. And, and he's just there. Yeah. But but he's visually, you know, you go, oh, because because they do that in the club the whole time. He's right in the the, the yeah. establishing like, shots that in guy. the club. It's like, 
it's that guy. That guy. I know him. And he's so, making he's making stinky faces. And yes. Yeah. So here's yeah. the thing. Here's the thing that's funny is that there's a there's a fight where people punch Magnum. Magnum doesn't do anything. Cut to jail. Magnum's in jail. Why is Magnum in jail? He didn't punch anyone. He literally didn't do anything but get punched. And yet they take him away, but they can't find the guys who were punching him. Um, I, I don't understand it, but it doesn't matter because, guys, we're going to a new recurring segment on the podcast right now I'd like to introduce. It's called, Is Scrunjo in This? <laughs> hey! Hey, so, Scrunjo! So people remember the weirdest recurring character in Magnum P.I., Scrunjo, <laughs> a guy in the jail with them. Uh, multiple episodes with Scrunjo. You can go back. We've covered Scrunjo on the podcast. But they're in jail. I always have to ask, oh, look around the jail. What if Scrunjo is in this? And this one is, is actually a little interesting because there is a guy on a bunk bed who I don't think is Scrunjo, but is essentially Scrunjo. Is Scrunjo adjacent? Yeah, he's a Scrunjo, maybe. Yeah. If not yeah. the Scrunjo. Well, Luther he's Gillis scr- would not... Let's call him Scrunge B. Okay. <laughs> All right. L- Luther would not make that distinction, but yes, yes. It's... Um, Tanaka springs Magnum because Magnum shouldn't be in there at all. Because he got in a fight, so they arrested him, but he literally didn't do anything. Anyway, we get some... And Tanaka's on crutches. He's on crutches for no reason whatsoever, other than probably the actor needed them. I just just felt sad, because I see Tanaka, and I'm like, oh man, they're going to do you dirty. It was so sad, you're going to die in two episodes, your character, at least. Yeah, yeah, they're going to do you dirty. Um, There's Amy Yazback, she's she's nice. Yeah, um, so, hey, everybody. You know the thing about tropical storms is they come in waves, and uh, they they the water rises, and I don't know. There's a lot of BS Magnum PI tropical storm voiceovers in this episode. Are we listening to cool tunes right now? Yeah, it is. That's what it is. It's uh, it's Mag. This is this is. Oh my God! It's Magnum because I'm Higgins. Anyway, tropical storm voiceover from Magnum that is annoying, uh, and he's reaching reading a copy of National Review. Uh, with Jack Kemp on the cover, so boy, welcome to they the did, late '80s. They Ugh. they did their best to obscure it uh, yeah. that it was Jack Kemp because I'm sure they didn't want to get hit with a uh, a fairness doctrine ruling yeah. in equal time. But it's then Jack it, Kemp. Magnum has to read issues with all of the 1988 Republican presidential oh, yeah. candidates on the cover, Man. and that's how Pete Dupont uh, ends up de- uh, <laughs> guest starring in Magnum PI. That's weird. And then, weird. you know, at, at some point they, they cut a scene where he's reading a magazine about Michael Dukakis. Yeah, exactly. Just, you know. So uh, yeah. not only reading National Review, but also talking to the dogs in his because he's becoming Higgins and he does he does the weird eye thing some more, um, but he has glasses on. Um, and and now um, Magnum goes to Higgins's room, which I wrote down as bugging Higgins in his place of residence because there's a very odd couple feel to this scene i demand an explanation says magnum to higgins why are you dressed like that because you see they're fulfilling each other's roles yeah, yeah. that's a i uh, yeah. g- going back to your original point jason about how this episode doesn't fully commit to the bit yeah they should have had magnum start telling rambling stories about his war experiences yes going, ah oh enough of that and just walking out and and, and, as, but, and as we sojourned off to Khartoum, you've never been.
been to Khartoum. Yes. It, yeah. yeah, but they they don't do that. Or or it could be, you know, this reminds me of a story that Higgins has told me before. He was in the, right, like you could do it right. like that. <laughs> yeah, you could do. Like, there, oh, there he's are so Higgins many stories now. There are so many ways they could have um, exploited this this well trod plot right. line. How, however, but, but the, they don't. However, Magnum banging on Higgins's door and invading his place of residence. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's pretty good, right? Because that that is absolute yeah. role reversal happening. Sure, there. Yeah. I think the Higgins's bedroom is seen like one time, so <laughs> it is it is kind of fun that it's like there. Um, but hey, we got to move on because Carol is selling well, her oh, car. I, I was oh. going to say this this scene has maybe the one line that I that I'm I'm glad this episode exists for. Okay, because you know Higgins is like you know what are you going to do? What are you going to do about it? And Magnum says, well, I might have to call Robin Masters. Oh, God, yes. Uh-huh. And, and, but the line I like is where Higgins says, oh, so Robin Masters exists when you need him to exist. Mm-hmm. And I like that because it's Higgins calling him out for this really stupid, stupid, like, Higgins is Robin Masters thing. Yeah. And, cause, yeah. Because yeah. Higgins is not Robin Masters. It's very clear. That's right. Uh, so, Car- I, so I liked that. So I liked acknowledging Carol. that. Carol, uh, our recurring uh, friend, Carol. Who rarely shows up in the episodes we do for <laughs> Ver- some reason. <laughs> Very rarely. Have we even done one with her? Yeah, we've done yeah, one. Yeah, well, she was in the Magnum Get Shot episodes. Yeah. Car- we- oh, yeah, Carol might right. sell him a that's car right. so they drive around because Higgins is driving the Ferrari around because roll reversal. So Magnum is, is doing a very extended test drive in Carol's car, taking advantage of the fact that he needs a car. Basically, he uses Carol's car. There are other cars at the Master's Estate, but I, I don't know what's going on here. Anyway, Higgins drives the uh, Ferrari well, to the hotel. Uh, there is a greeting that I wrote down because it's bizarre. It's Aloha, gracias. What? <laughs> uh, those are different languages, people. Different languages. Uh, so Magnum is spying on Higgins with Carol's car. Uh, and and we learn that uh, from, what, the bouncer? That it's Rosita but from Bolivia that Higgins is meeting with. She loves to dance uh, and Thomas has ordered healthy food for Carol and him. What's wrong with him? He he bought tofu burgers, uh, and and in a moment that is, I think, delightfully cutting. Carol says that it's hilarious that Magnum is attempting to be an adult. I, I don't <laughs> think it's hilarious, but I do like that. That is a sick burn on Magnum. Well done. Well, and her expression. I, I was not always a fan of the actress, but. When he goes, maybe you just haven't noticed the mature side of me. Yeah. And she has the most wonderful yeah. laugh no. in response. Solid. It's solid. Like, I'm, I'm growing as a person. Yeah, sure. Right. <laughs> right, Magnum. Right. To- eat your tofu burger. Um, meanwhile, the conga. <laughs> it's back. You can't control. You can't. It's, it's it, like a, a line that weaves its way through the episode. And, and in fact, is integrated at this point into the score of the episode. Mm-hmm. So it's in there too. Another in man its, in its comes. Own Mike Posty way. A mother. Another man comes to get Rosita after Higgins drops her off. Oh, it's Chano. It, it is. It's the man we've seen before. So it's looking real suspicious. Like this is a, a, a setup, and Higgins is being taken advantage of. Some sort of chisel. Mm-hmm. But you know we don't have time for that because Mac is back. Not that Mac, the other Mac. He's back again. He won't go away. 
Um, he uh, he continues to, to to haunt and Magnum and say, "Are you going to tell uh, tell Higgins because it's a con man? He rips people off. He works with an accomplice. We did some research, um, and th- there is a moment too where he yells. Magnum yells at Higgins and says, "You're letting this place fall apart, meaning the estate." I believe for two weeks Magnum is supposed to be running the estate, right? Yes. Wasn't that yes, earlier in the episode? Vacation. Yes, that's exactly right. So they have this <laughs> argument, but Magnum is like, come on, Magnum. And scriptwriter, please read earlier in the episode. It's actually Magnum's job to keep the estate in action for two weeks. Higgins storms out. How, how dare you? But that's okay. Ma- Magnum is now typing. Uh, he's going to write his own novel or whatever. Um, and this segment, uh, and, and Agatha. And it, it sounds like he's writing Higgins's stories. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think this is that he's writing Higgins's stories and, and I find Mendelssohn is like a good cognac is a line that I wrote down because, okay. (laughs) You want to savor him. Sure. Yeah, you do. Mendelssohn. Uh, the Mendelssohn, I will say this too. Again, we're, we're finding things that are good about this episode. I think the Mendelssohn runner is pretty good because the, conclusion of it is that yes. th- there's the scene with the wedding march and the the, the line is <laughs> mendelssohn yes it's, that it's chekhov's mendelssohn that's a pretty good pretty good i was waiting for us to get there but yeah, yeah. it's a pretty <laughs> good runner right like I, like the, all this i'm like why the, like it's so weird why do you keep talking about mendelssohn but when the wedding march hits it's like okay well, right. it's like, why do you keep using Miami Sound Machine? We paid right. Mendelssohn millions of yeah. dollars to appear in this episode. Yeah, seriously. Well, it's Everybody like, and it's literally this is the Mendelssohn episode, right? right? Right. That's the only reason that's the concert in the beginning is because of the wedding march. Yeah, it's, it's the Mendelssohn you know, Sound like, Machine that's going right. on here. Yeah. <laughs> so Magnum goes to the cops. He visits Amy Yazbeck, who says another recurring character. Who said, "Do I seem different?" You know, maybe more you. He kisses her and then is and then leaves. It's very strange. This yeah. is where I started to think that there is a tiki idol that we haven't seen that's involved in all these things. <laughs> Rick is also changing his ways, apparently, well, because and- of Danielle, because Rick is dating this woman who is cultured, and so Rick has decided to change his ways and be more cultured too. So Go- even going Rick- to poetry readings. Yeah, exactly. Because and- of which is consistent with Rick, right? Rick is always quickly falling in love. And yes. uh, doing stupid things uh, like going to poetry reading. Sorry, poem fans. I'm just, it's not for Rick, okay? Mm-hmm. It's well, not for Rick. Like, the weird thing about Amy Yazbeck, when, when he goes, you know, do I seem different? And yeah. I'm like, you're asking a recurring character who only starts recurring in this episode. Right. We've well, never seen her before. Yeah, but now she's recurring. And now she knows things about the past retroactively. It's like time yeah. travel. I don't know. They're introducing her. They 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 need somebody for her her to talk to. You know. However, you know who would like to go to a poetry reading is TC because he's a big fan of Yuri Yevtushenko. Yeah. I I do love that, that TC has the secret artistic life that you know we yes. just get glimpses of. Always he loves the ballet. He loves the orchestra. Mm-hmm. He loves poetry. Yes, but he doesn't share that stuff for the most part with his meathead friends. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's there. I love. I'm a big fan of Yuri Yevtushenko, <laughs> and he means it. Like it's not. It's not a fake. Like Rick is. He he means it. Uh, but Magnum knows that Rosita is up to something. But it turns out she's a psychiatrist. That's yeah. 
which he discovers by storming into her office when who who, who is on the chair then oh my yeah yeah well on the couch i should say really the psychiatrists don't put you in the chair yeah well he's in the waiting room oh that's right yes so so it could be a chair Mm -hmm. yeah a lot of 80s attitudes in this in this episode about about therapy yes (laughs) right about mental health in general therapy in Mm -hmm. particular it's it's something to be ashamed of it's something to be laughed at if your friend goes which is what happens when they find out magnum went to see a psychiatrist in part it's not about his mental health they are sort of being supportive but they are laughing at him for hiding it it's all it's complicated but it's yeah very much 80s attitudes um and and it does this section includes the um the line. So they're talking about about Higgins seeing seeing the psychiatrist, and and he's like, you know, she's trying to help me come out of my shell. And Magnum says, "Why would you ever want to come out of your shell? It's a perfectly comfortable, workable shell." I also thought that was funny. Come on, <laughs> go back in, Higgins, back in your shell, please. We don't want change. We want consistency. It's season eight. Let us get through this and say goodbye. Okay. It's season eight of a TV series. Every episode is middle. Stop it. Yes. Anyway, it turns out her office is turned over. Somebody's been there. And somebody mentions finally it's transference. It's when people fall in love with their therapist. Or if in the rare reverse transference, the therapist falls in love with the people. Anyway, uh, that's the thing that it totally is real. There's a uh, they, they embark on an, a thrilling Magnum and Higgins rowboat based rescue plan <laughs> uh as they row over to in order to get around security or whatever magnum squints along and then we find that it is a, a wedding uh which includes the line where's the priest did you attack him as well and the answer is yes he did the priest has also yes. gotten a bump on his noggin and Magnum also gets kicked in the head in this in the the ensuing <laughs> scuffle. Yeah. Ma- speaking of in an episode about trauma, Magnum gets punched several times Many in times. the head. Many times. Yeah. As well as thrown in jail for no reason. Uh yeah, so anyway, they they're busting up this this uh this con game except it turns out that it's a wedding and uh at this point we get the uh download it really is a download about what is going on in this episode finally yeah no this is this is so hastily yeah. attached yeah. he is a yes he is a criminal but he was on parole and i was assigned to him and it's reverse transference cuz i fell in love but then he became jealous of my other patients uh and when we worked it out uh with bats bats were very important bat therapy uh, and and keep playing the tape. Um, Magnum keeps running up uh, during all of this. It's very wacky, and there is a wedding with the conga right. again, and it's it's well, all. The, it's the, all the, 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 this was the weirdest bit of all. Yeah. So, so <laughs> Magnum is 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 basically running around as if he is like some some Renfield esque Quasimodo trying to helper fix. character. I mean, he did break He's, their wedding, so he is trying to fix it now. Yes, but it's a, it, lighting the lamps in, in front yep. of Higgins and 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 the doctor as she's basically being. March down the aisle, which is about a quarter mile to the the, the, the <laughs> oh yes the, the the thing, and it's it's the bride, the groom, the priest, and Magnum and Higgins. That's the that's it total sum of the wedding party. Yep. Had they not shown up, who was going to be the witness to this? Wedding? I was thinking that is this, this is this this totally threw me. Like, what the, what, what are they just going to do? Like, you boy, what day is it? Uh, <laughs> yep. 
It's it's the twelfth. No, it's the day you witness this wedding. Come into our ship. Yep. How there, good there are you with candles and Two more Mendelsohn? people there. They knew the a rowboat was coming by. They knew a yeah. rowboat was coming. Was Gloria Stefan going to finally show indeed. up? And be the, and, witness? the two witnesses: but, Gloria Stefan and Mendelssohn. 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 Oh, I I do I do kind of enjoy Magnum running around lighting all the little tea lights or votive candles or whatever yeah. they are, mm-hmm. and because it is it does feel like light operetta. It feels like Mendelssohn actually, yeah. and he messed um, it up, right? But, I feel like he's also just trying to like, oh, I'm sorry, I broke your wedding. Yeah. I'm sorry, I broke your, I, I punched but, your priest. I'll light all the candles. So, It'll be good. I'm helping. I'm helping. Something I know I didn't notice at the time, um, but now that I've had you know decades of experience with with tea lights like that. Um, what is with those? Cause he, each one he lights, it suddenly has like this enormous flame coming out of it. And I'm like, that isn't how votive lights are supposed to burn. That's weird. Um, it's, it's it was votives. really distracting. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's a little dangerous, but, little but bit. I, but I like, I like him running along doing that. So I'll, I'll forgive it. So uh, this is the point where we wrap it up. I have my uh, note that is, this is a funny story about people being upset that a friend nearly died. Ha ha. PTSD. (laughs) Ha ha. Magnum gets a bill from the psychiatrist, not because he didn't throw money at him, because he didn't pay for the parking. Uh, I, I wrote down a note that said, are we not sure that this entire episode has just been a fantasy that's occurring while Thomas is undergoing therapy? Uh, I'm not, that that is fair head canon. Not, not entirely convinced because it doesn't make sense of something that happened in reality. And we finally get the line: "Hey, looks like you got your eyesight back." Yeah. Yep. And uh, and and he gets his eyesight back by seeing an imaginary person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And he dismisses uh, he dismisses uh, Mac, the ghost of Mac. And the line is: "CN forty or fifty years beat it." And I'll just point out: it's not even forty years yet. Not even forty years. Yeah. So yeah. We, Soon. So Mac, Mac Mac will come as the Grim Reaper. I guess will come from Magnum. <laughs> that could be after Tom Have Selleck is done with Blue Bloods. That should be his next project. Should be Magnum's last goodbye. <laughs> and where where the ghost of Mac finally comes. Well, gi- given given that we're bringing back everything for streaming services like Monk and what have you, they should do a the. Um, the death of Magnum, where <laughs> it's Jeff McNally eating eating a crow. Well, un- unfortunately, Jeff McKay is is dead. Oh, so he well, can't yeah. he can't be there. But that's okay. No. We'll get somebody who looks exactly like him. No, C- wait a second, C- they did that. It. They'll find somebody. It'll be yeah, Scrunjo. Do, gra- do a Grand Moff Tarkin on his face. So yeah. he can sure. Younger yeah. him. That's right. Um, Bob Zemeckis has the technology. So this episode. Uh, we're gonna let's let's judge it in the because uh, I, I want to point out this episode was recommended to us by listener Brandon, mm. who who insulted listener Blair <laughs> while recommending wow. Pleasure Principle. Boy, you um, got some nerve, listener Brandon. <laughs> I feel like I feel like it's our duty to saddle listener Brandon with the listener Blair Award. Oh, oh yes. Oh, for, uh, yeah. For yeah. suggesting that we watch. This episode, which, while it has some funny moments, and the conga and Mendelssohn, oh, you know, I'm really turning around on this episode. No, I'm not. It's not very good. (laughs) Season eight episode, man. I mean, there are worse in season eight. 
but Nah, are uh, don't make well, it. Don't let's not find out. Okay. Let's, yeah, let's let's not really do a definitive study of that. <laughs> yeah, with this, with this, I believe we've now seen thirty-one percent of the season eight episodes. It's still the lowest percentage, but it's low for a reason. Okay. I, reason. I I seem to recall the one with with Quang Ki being really really bad. Oh man. Um. Also, have not seen in. 36 years? 36 years. So that, and we, you know, we're going to have to save those last couple episodes of Magnum P.I. for when we, uh, when we walk off into the cloudy sunset. So we'll have to save those for then. Anyway. When when our, when the spirit guide of this podcast offers us an eclair. Yeah. We'll eat it. Oh, always take the eclair. Uh, I think that gets us to the end, unless you have any further thoughts about the pleasure principle. I... Um, I would have even no. taken if like a coconut had hit him on the head and they had changed personalities. Sure, been fine. Yeah. A wacky coconut, yeah. and and was... and then he'd get like exposition radio coming in on one of his fillings while he's on the island. Yeah, exactly. There were so many ways to do a Freaky Friday body swap episode, and really, yeah, they they could not only could they not do it, they attached it to the most horrible premise to uh <laughs> to do these kind right. of things for so no boo boo no, jay I, hughley i yes. and, and boo listener brandon yes i i generally liked jay hughley episodes and this was not not one not one like like again i respect the idea that you want to you want to pay lip service to hey this was a traumatic thing um i think Doing an episode of them in therapy would have actually been really interesting uh-huh. if they'd taken that. If they'd committed to that bit, that would have been great. A Freaky Friday would have been great if they'd committed to that bit, but not in the same episode. Mm, no. Oh. So uh, a couple oh. uh, last segments before we go. The letter segment, we have no letters, so magnum at the incomparable.com. Or perhaps we've succeeded in scaring everyone away from writing us letters because we make fun of them <laughs> We're so on the mean. podcast. Yeah. That's just right. recommend I, good I, episodes, I just said, boo, people. listener Brandon, and then I said, hey, send us letters, everybody. <laughs> I have nothing. There, what could go wrong? There are good episodes out there. Recommend those. You could do that. Yeah. We're not quite halfway through Magnum P.I. now. You know that? We're very, right. We're perilously close to being halfway through the run of Magnum P.I., um, which is bananas, but there it is. <laughs> um, all right. And my, and my last segment is the, what are we watching next time segment? So you can prepare yourself mentally and physically for what comes next. And the answer what, is, uh, what are we watching? Next? Season six, which hmm? it's not hmm? season eight. It's Great. not season eight. Uh, it, it, this was recommended in a letter that we read, I think, uh, last time or two times ago, listener Clark recommended, a little bit of luck and a little bit of grief. And that's what we're going to watch. So check it out and go ahead and watch it. Don't be afraid. The conga does not appear in that episode. I, I think we just watched a little bit of grief. Uh, well, Mm. this, this, this one, a whole lot of grief. It's a whole listener, Brandon. (laughs) Yeah. Take that. Uh, again, magnum at the incomparable.com. Uh, if you'd like to be insulted by us or, say yeah. nice things or whatever uh and we will be back next time for season six episode 20 but until then i've been jason snell they've been david j lore and philip michaels bye guys shake your body to the conga 
Here are the machines I'd rank ahead of the Miami Sound Machine. <laughs> the Big Red Machine. Uh-huh. The uh, Tammany Hall Political Machine, led by Boss Tweed. Yep. Um, the George Michael G- Sports Machine. G- the George, George Michael Sports, Sports Machine. machine. Gene Gene, the Dancing Machine. Uh, the Perpetual Motion Machine. Sure, sure. A simple... Come on, shake your body, baby, do that conga. 